welcome to the True Talk Cafe podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited you're here. Our podcast will tackle a myriad of topics ranging from relationships to personal development and everything in between. My name is Renee Stewart, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Anna Garcia, Carla DeCore, and Lali Ramirez-Bennett. Collectively, we span four generations. Can you believe that? We've all experienced ups and downs in our personal lives and professional careers that have qualified us to share our unique perspectives with you, and we're excited to do so. But before we get into today's content, I wanted to let you know where you can find us on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, you can use at True Talk Cafe. And on Twitter, you can use at True Talk Cafe One. Don't forget to like us, rate us, and leave a review. We value your feedback. We want to ensure that we are providing content that resonates with you. So please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. Spoiler alert, you will want to stay tuned to hear what our guests are going to share about this exciting topic today. Also, stick around to find out how you can join us on a live show. We would love to have you join us on one of our episodes. Now, let's get started. Do you have a strong brand presence? If you want to attract more viewers, listeners, and fans, it's imperative to have a brand strategy that puts your best foot forward. In today's episode, we're calling, hey you, clean up your brand. We're going to explore the benefits of a strong brand identity and provide some tips to improve your online presence for impact. So let's get started. What is a brand versus branding? A brand encompasses everything that defines your company your color palette, your logo, fonts, imagery, voice, tone, mission, vision, goals, personality, products, pricing, and even social media use. The primary goal of branding is to differentiate yourself from your competitors, to create a positive and recognizable image, and build a strong connection with your target audience. Some of the most successful brands in the world include Apple, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and Coca-Cola, to name a few. These brands have perfected their brand identity, identified the most profitable areas of their business, and maintained a consistency in voice, content, and visual identity across all channels. They've also built a strong community around their brand. So how does your brand measure up? As our conversations continue, we'll explore why building a strong brand identity is crucial for establishing a unique and memorable brand that resonates with your audience and grows your business. Absolutely. And to add to this discussion, we have invited an expert that is very familiar with this topic that will share her expertise and experience with us. Her name is Connie Leon. Connie is currently the EDA program coordinator at the West Houston Institute, which is part of the Houston Community College Aleaf Hayes campus. She attended the University of Houston, where she received her bachelor's in psychology with a minor in health, has worked in the nonprofit, oil and gas, and governmental sectors most of her career. She is also a local social media and content small business developer and has been featured online on parenting and lifestyle sites, where she shares not only her experience as a working mom, but also tips and ideas on ways to improve personal and family life. She has also been featured on TV 
podcast, and in print where she discusses social media, branding, and marketing experience along with other community-based topics and issues. She has created and participated in several nationwide brand campaigns as well as coordinated local promotional events. Welcome, Connie. We're so glad you're able to join us. And wow, definitely a lot of expertise in the field. Please share our thoughts, your thoughts and experience on this topic today as we go through the questions. But welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We're excited you're here with us. So the most successful brands incorporate their brand identity into all of their marketing, their sales, and even their customer contact, which helps boost recognition and loyalty. Can you share with us how we can build a brand identity? So for me, the most important part is to just really know who you are as a brand, right? So it starts with what is your product and what is your service? And then what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve with those things, right? So in order for you to build the brand, you kind of have to build around that, your main goal, what it is you're trying to create and who your target audience is, what your service is going to do for people and how it's going to serve them. So for me, how to build your brand identity starts with just learning about who you are as a person and how that impacts your company and your uh, service or product, but then also learning more about what makes your product unique. You know, how is that product going to speak to people And what are those things? Like you mentioned, right? It could be a color palette. It could be, you know, we think about brands like McDonald's with the yellow arches, right? Very, something very noticeable that you know is going to be unique and bring the audience back to you as a service or a brand. So I think that for me, building that brand identity is going to start with just really knowing who you are and what your main goals are for that brand. Thank you, Connie. So now that you've identified the brand identity. Let's now talk brand strategy, right? Building a brand strategy is a long-term game. Uh, We may think of it as a blueprint that provides a clear direction for the rest of the brand. So what factors should we be considering when building brand strategy? So brand strategy is something that is, again, going to go back to your goals, right? So once you identify your goals, your strategy is going to consist of how to reach those goals, right? So I do something in my personal business and my consulting business that I call a whiteboarding session. So I will go through and identify your top three. You don't want to overwhelm yourself, right? You don't want to give yourself like five or six or seven goals because they're not always going to be attainable. So for me, I think three is like a good number where if you can identify your top three goals, right? For me, as a content developer or a small business developer, I like to think about my three goals as being finding my audience, finding my target audience, finding their needs or trying to fill those needs, and then helping them build their strategy towards meeting those needs. So definitely identifying three things that you are trying to reach and then build around those three things, right? So your audience, again, very important, knowing your service and product, knowing your audience, how it is that you're trying to reach them or how you're going to reach them is going to be really important. And then working your way towards that audience by building, again, just a strategy or those goals that you know are going to be important to them. So for me, my target audience is small business owners who are trying to build either a business 
whether it's a small idea that they've just started to kind of think about or an idea that they've already grown and they've already kind of developed, but don't know where to go from there. And then the other target audience for me is anybody who's trying to build content, right, on any social media platform. So that's usually my target audience. I think about those two audiences and I kind of build my strategy for bringing them in around their needs, right? So somebody who's trying to develop a small business, they're going to think about what is my business plan? How am I going to, you know, sell my product or service? And then how can I bring that traffic? And it's the same thing for social media, right? You're going to want to build what platform is it that you want to build on? What kind of content do you want to put out there? And then how are you going to put that content out there for everybody? So building around your goals, creating target audience, being very, very specific about your target audience, and then knowing that sometimes the strategy is going to have to be flexible, right? You're not going to always reach everybody with this one same strategy. You have to, if I work with one set of people and that strategy worked for them, maybe it might not work for somebody else. So I'm going to have to be flexible and figure out what those other needs are and how to reach that audience. But definitely strategy has a lot to do with, again, your goals, knowing what your, what your specific product or service is filling or what, what needs it's filling for your audience, and then building around building around those needs and knowing that at the end of the day, you have to be a little flexible with how you build that strategy out. Just as a follow-up, can you speak a little bit to how do you identify what platforms your audience that you find your audience on or where to post? So for social media, it's a little bit hard because first of all, you have to be comfortable with the platform that you're using, right? I am somebody who can use several platforms. I post on Facebook, I post on Instagram, I post on TikTok, and I will post on really anything. I used to do Pinterest and Twitter. So I try all the platforms, right? I have never really shied away from it, but I'm also really, really comfortable with like Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And I'm even far more comfortable with Instagram. Right. So I have found what platform works best for me that I know I'm going to be consistent on and that I know that I'm just really going to like posting on. Right. Facebook and LinkedIn for me are very business related. So I am very specific and very strategic about what I post there. My Instagram, whether it's my personal or my business one, I have a little bit more fun with them and I feel like I can be a little bit more creative. So I'm more comfortable there. So it's going to depend on the person. It's going to depend on your product or service because some of the products are more visual than others, right? So if you your product is very visual heavy, then definitely I would do Instagram and TikTok. If you have a service and say it's like taxes or something more serious, then I would definitely try to lean more towards Facebook and LinkedIn because I know that that's where my audiences kind of sit. So it's going to depend on you as a business, right? What you're comfortable with. And then those platforms that you know are going to have your target audience. Hey, Connie, I know we're talking, you know, business focused here, but some of us are the product. What would you tell to an individual that is um, probably just wanting to grow their social media presence organic or they're trying to brand themselves for new opportunities or something? You know, I had a career shift last year. What if somebody was trying to shift careers or something? What did you, what would you recommend as far as that strategy for individual branding? So I definitely had that. For me, I started as a blogger and a writer, right? So when I 
when I thought about my social media, it was always very much uh, personal. My brand online was very personal. And it wasn't until I had to shift from being a professional because I had a professional life and I had a career. So then I didn't really need my social media for more than my personal. But when I decided to build my own company, which was going to revolve around content development, then I shifted my identity towards a little bit less of, you know, just personal stuff and bringing in more of my business side. I did ultimately decide to split my social media. So I do have a Instagram, which is totally personal. All of my just very, not necessarily super personal, but you know, family stuff, friends, trips, things that I do that I love to do, right? My hobbies versus my business page where I have definitely developed my content more around my niche audience, right? Small business owners, content developers. So for somebody who has shifted, you want to make your shift a little gradual. You know, you don't want to be like super personal and then strictly business, right? Because you're going to lose people. If you do something to where you are constantly combining your personal and your business, it makes it a little bit easier to blend the two. It makes it a little bit more relatable, right? Like I know that a lot of my audience is looking for content development help or small business help. And because I've managed to gradually combine my pages where my personal has a little bit of my business stuff and then my business page has a little bit of my personal stuff, it's easier for people to say, oh, well, I know she does, you know, business stuff. But then I also know that she speaks Spanish and she's a mom and, you know, she's very culturally lean. So all of those things will matter at the end of the day and people will see that as relatable and they'll ultimately want to do business with you because they see you as relatable, right? So it's, it's definitely something that you want to be gradual about and not be super extreme, right? You don't want to be very like personal, you know, all the baby family pictures and then all of a sudden you're in a suit and nothing else matters, right? You want to be a little gradual about it. I think that really helps to you know, the, the authenticity of a person and, and the credibility that you offer, right? Someone I really want to do business because I see that overall she's a great person. And, and so really that's kind of what we're doing when it's branding. It's how do you want people to perceive you and being very aware of what's the story that you're putting out there, right? So very good tips. Yes. That's definitely something that I talk about a lot with my clients is being genuine being real and raw, being yourself, but then also showing your expertise, right? Like there's nothing wrong with the fact that maybe I go out and hang out with my friends, go to brunch and do all these things. But then I also am very conscious of like my business side. And then I'll come in and share, you know, business tips or content creating tips. And like you said, it just makes it a little bit more genuine to where it's like, oh, well, you know, she's fun and she has fun, but then she also knows what she's talking about. So. Yeah, it's definitely a good blend of like your whole personality. That helps. Yeah. Can you define for us from a personal branding perspective, what are three types of content that we should be looking at creating every day to support our brand? And what are things that you could think of there? Yeah, so definitely it's always that balance, right? You always want to think about what is going to support my business and my, again, your product or service, right? Just really knowing what that is, and then what is that thing that's going to make me relatable, right? So for me, the three pieces that I always think about is 
especially on my business page, what is like a really good business tip of the day, right? And so, and you can post this across the board, right? You can post it on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. If you have a graphic, like an infographic, I love doing like those little stackable carousel, the carousel on Instagram with the infographics. I do them on Canva, super easy. Or like a picture of myself, you know, speaking somewhere or talking to a group and aligning that with a good business tip, right? So what is my business tip of the day? So definitely something that's related to your business or, or product that is a good tip for others. Another thing is a resource right? Reposting or sharing somebody else's information, like this podcast, right? If I know that it's a good resource for other business women, then I'm going to repost something that you all post, right? Whether it's your newest podcast, or maybe you all are speaking somewhere. So I'm going to share a resource. That's something that's very important. Again, a resource can be shared on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram across the board. You want stuff that is evergreen, right? Stuff that you are going to be able to post. And then going back to like the personal, you know, just having that one piece of content of like, I survived my day, you know, I like, I always like the Sunday night reminders, right? Like, here's your Sunday night reminder, like, tomorrow's Monday, you know, a good motivational post, right? Like they talk about motivational Mondays. But for me, it's the Sunday night reminder, because there's, for some reason, something about Sunday night that people get really sad about. So that Sunday night kind of reminder or motivation of like, we're going to make it through this next week. You know, I have a plan or just, you know, I made it through my weekend. Let me get my head straight and start my week. So I think for me, it's going to be a good tip, a good tip, regardless of what your service or product is, a resource, and then something that's personal or motivational that can help somebody else. Very good. Thank you. All right. So before we start wrapping up our topic, is there anything else, Connie, you feel is important or something that we should share with our audience on branding? I think definitely for branding and we talk about like, you know, your fonts and your colors and standing out, but I think just being yourself, right? Whether that is a service or a product, being yourself, like we know that there's all these super recognizable brands out there and we would love to, you know, kind of be like them and, and, you know, go viral and all these things, but being yourself, being authentic and knowing that some of these things, like maybe you naturally, you know, you love blue or you love pink or whatever your color is, or your font's a certain font that you always have to use. Those things are important, right? And they'll make you stand out. But honestly, just being yourself. And I think Loli talked about like your tone and your voice, right? Always just being yourself in every aspect, how you speak in person, how you present yourself in person, all of those things should kind of transcend through your online messaging, right? If you've met me in person, you'll know like the way I am online is the way I am in person, right? I am a very outgoing, very outspoken. I'm not one of those keyboard warriors, right? Where I like post stuff on the internet. And then when you see me in person, I'm like, oh, let me not say anything. No, I'm probably the complete opposite. Like if I was loud on social media, I'm going to be even louder in person. So I think that for me is really important. Definitely aligning. Yes. You know, those aesthetic things that you think would be really good for you, but then aligning yourself as a full person and who you truly are to your online personality is really important because people will see you in person. And if you don't match, right, what is going on online, 
it that will throw people off a lot more than, you know, the font that you used yesterday or something like that. So I love that. And it's funny because when I started my consulting business, I chose my favorite colors, but my favorite colors clearly do not define me because I had everybody telling me, Anna, that light stuff is not for you. You need a vibrant color. Yeah. So I went with vibrant yellow and they're like, yes, that's more you. That's more you because you're right. They're used to me being who I am. And then all of a sudden this color. So I kind of shocked them a little bit, but then they kind of talked me down to, and I do appreciate friends like that because these are friends from all over that are like, you know, Hey, that's not you girls. So go back to being you. And you mentioned that, you know, you match who you are and you absolutely do. I crack up every time you have a post about your children. Um, Yes, love them. (laughs) I can totally relate. Those were some of my posts. Well, they were part of my brand for so long. You know, I was a mommy blogger before anything else. And so they were a part of my brand. And as they've gotten older, not that they like shied away from it. No, they're, they love being in front of the camera. They love talking to people, but I had to kind of shift, right? Because they are getting older. So they're not fully part of my brand anymore. I've created my own, you know, personal brand as a business owner. So I I like to still incorporate them on my like Facebook page because it's where people read a little bit more. So that's why I like posting the stories about them there. You know, it doesn't always translate the same on Instagram unless it's a video and then you can, or a picture, right? And you can see their personalities. But definitely the stories have kind of started my brand, right? Being a mommy blogger and with them. And now I kind of incorporate them as teenagers, which is not. (laughs) I laugh. Um, You're talking about fonts and colors. Yeah. Are there any colors that you should shy away from, especially if you're selling product? So definitely, like Anna said, you want to, of course, use like bright, brighter, lighter colors, but... I have, we've here at my job, like our brand, we have used dark colors, right? Like a dark blue or a heavy blue and a black. But then the contrast to that is always like a white or, you know, an off white. So definitely for me, it depends on what your product is and something that's going to be identifiable, but then also eye catching, right? So if it's all dark, just depends, right? Like it depends on what it is, but if you're doing like a dark base and then a bright yellow or pink or something that's going to stand out, I think that's really important to kind of have that contrast. You don't want to do all, you know, nudes or all black or all white. Like it's definitely, you want to have a contrast color. When it comes to fonts, again, something that's going to stand out, but that's legible, right? Like there are some beautiful, like cursive, really fancy fonts. And then it's like, what does that say? Like, you know, so you definitely want something that people can read and that people can read at a distance because, you know, you sometimes you put it in the font or whatever. You think, oh, that looks really good up close. But what about far away? Like, is that going to so you kind of have to do what is it like a trial and error, right? You kind of run the fonts with the colors and see what kind of stands out a little bit more. Some fonts look better on certain colors or, in, you know, with the background of certain colors. So it'll definitely be something that you want to test. I use, like Anna said, I use a lot of the lighter colors. I don't really use bright colors. I use a lot of like pastels, like pink or purple. I use yellow. So then I find like a contrast color sometimes because my logo is in gold. I'll do everything else in white, you know, to kind of make it stand out. And then sometimes I'll use black. So it just 
Depends. And it also is going to depend on the color of your logo. Because I, the reason why I asked that question is because <clears throat> I had heard, you know, when I was starting up my side hustle that you don't typically want to use red mm. um, when you're, when you're trying to push product or even a service because red means stop. It's just that visual and green, like a green and blue, but green definitely means money or go. And right. people recognize yeah. that visually. Right. Had you heard anything like that? So, I mean, now that you say it, like I have heard in the past, right, because of the different meanings of the colors, the way you said it. But if you think mm -hmm. about like McDonald's, they're red and gold, right? And people run towards McDonald's, right? So I'm like, I'm one of those people. So definitely, I think it depends, <laughs> right, on like, if you are someone who, and I'm pretty sure there's analysts for colors and fonts and all this that go really deep into it. So I have heard, you know, that certain colors do attract certain people and certain things, but it would definitely have to depend on, again, what your service or product is. And then, yeah, I think it would be a matter of like sitting down and really, like if McDonald's is a food and, you know, they have red, then maybe that's the color that works for them because maybe red is like the color that makes you hungry. I don't know, you know? So it, yeah. there are definitely analysts that you know, figure out how, how all these things kind of work together or against you. But yeah. I just met someone who's a color architect. Oh yeah. And actually goes through and helps and, and, and consults yeah. with you on what it is that you're trying to do. I never heard that title, but now I understand where, where the need yeah. is. Right. <laughs> and it was just last week that I met them. I thought, wow, that's wild, but it, it makes sense. Yeah. But you're right, Renee, the green. I mean, I, I think of, of, something very successful almost immediately right, right? Mm -hmm. and so that that's true so understanding a little bit more of that that's awesome yeah. yeah and i think with mcdonald's that red in the the gold and arches i think isn't that the french fries oh yeah mm -hmm. is the, the holder or whatever the sleeve. Yep. that's what i think when i see so when you said red Literally McDonald's, like also I'm a McDonald's fan. So like, I've already told them a billion times to sponsor me, but that's the first thing that came to mind, right? It's like, where have I seen red? That's where I've seen it. Yeah. And MasterCard, MasterCard on the little. Yep. I do think that that yeah. actually changes, right? The logo trends and everything changes. So what might been, you know, not recommended in the past as new generations are yeah. adapting to new styles and we adapt new logo styles as well. So some of them, I think like every year Forbes releases yeah. new data on, you know, do's and don'ts of your logos, your slogans, your taglines and all of those things. And yeah. it is a lot of work, you know, and so that's why you see so many companies revamping their logos from time to time. So yeah, rebranding re things is very big. Yeah. And it just goes back to kind of rethinking of like, what is your brand? Who is your audience? You know, what are you trying to sell? I'm pretty sure if we all Googled it, right? Like what are the 2023 colors or trends? Then we could find something like Renee's talking about those different colors that kind of are working. Yes, I agree. But you know, all great information because we need those reminders. Again, when yeah. I was, when I was creating mine and I do leverage Canva a lot, I, I was going with my favorite colors and they're like, girl, that is not you. That's not. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate friends. And that's another thing. Leverage your friends when you're working on these things. Right. So thank you so much for all this information, Connie. I do have some 10 branding tips that we want to share with you guys. And these are just pointers on how to build a distinctive brand that we found also through research. 
but clearly recognize yourself. There should be a connection between the name of your business and products and services you provide. Create a mission and vision statements for your brand. What are the objectives of the company and how will it benefit your target market? Goes back to the strategy column you was mentioning. Ask questions to your customers. Unless you know how, who your target audience is, you won't know how to generate brand recognition that catches the eye of the correct people. Again, know your platform, everything we talked about today. Be consistent. Consistent messaging is needed to build brand awareness. I cannot stress that one enough. I am one of the most inconsistent people lately on social media. And you do notice if you keep up with the data that these platforms provide you, you see where it starts dropping, et cetera. So be consistent. Recognize what makes you different. Create a unique selling proposition. Know your product and know why it's different. I think Connie, you shared that with us as well. Incorporate your company logo in everything you do. It should be memorable enough to distinguish your company from the rest of the pack. Build a brand story and message. Your language should be easily understood while also evoking strong feelings in the listener. Build memorable brand associates. Associating a brand with a person, location, item, or emotion creates a strong connection in our brain. And that could be as simple as, as Connie mentioned, you know, relating to your family and the things that you do on a day in, day out. Long-term planning is essential. In order to establish lasting brands, you have to put in a lot of time and effort over time. And I think, again, that's something we shared earlier in our conversation. So last but not least, build your brand today. That is it. With these branding tips, I'm positive you'll start thinking of building your brand strategically or strengthen the brand your customers already love. In summary, the key to building a successful brand and becoming truly influential is to consistently show up and be so great at selling your story that people have to do business with you. Thank you once again to our guest, Connie Leon, and to all of our listeners for joining the pod crew today. This was such an enlightening discussion. Remember, when it comes to branding, we're supposed to be helping people move through and get closer to the desired result, which is your product or service not begging everyone we just met by, to buy something, right? You wanna attract your, you know, the people that want your product. We have to build relationships first and then help our people achieve whatever desired result they want. So with that being said, we hope you learned something new and or came away with something of value on this topic. Now you can follow our guest, Connie Leon on Instagram, at Soy Connie Leon, that's S-O-Y-C-O-N-N-I-E-L-E-O-N, or Creativity Well. We're going to put add that into our show notes so that you can reach out to Connie and connect with her and her platforms. As promised, here's how to join us as an audience member on our next show episode. We hope you're just as excited as we are. Go to our True Talk Cafe Facebook page, and send us a request to attend season two, episode 10 as an audience member. Be sure to use the hashtag TTCS2EP10. Again, that's TTC, S as in Sam, 2EP as in Paul, 10. We will respond to your requests with our podcast website link where you'll need to enter your preferred email address for us to send the audience link. We'll also send all audience members a reminder the day before the show recording. It's going to be so much fun to have you join us live. 
As always, we welcome your feedback, so please let us know your thoughts about today's show. Leave a comment or review. We'll respond to all comments, so please be nice. We'd love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. Please do not forget to like and rate the episode. We appreciate you tuning into our podcast, and we hope you join the TTC Crew Facebook page. Again, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, by using at True Talk Cafe, and on Instagram, or, or I mean, excuse me, on Twitter, or X as it is now, <laughs> using at True Talk Cafe One. Please use the hashtag TTC Talks or True Talk Tuesdays. Recommendations for discussion topics are always welcome. We want to ensure we are providing content that is of value to you. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Thanks for listening. And we hope you join us on our next podcast episode. It's sure to be an engaging conversation. Talk soon.